Data Mesh Radio is produced, hosted, and edited by me, Scott Hurlman. I created Data Mesh Radio to be a resource for data mesh practitioners the world over. This is a weekly summary episode where I share a bit about the upcoming week's episodes and give you an extended summary for any interviews or panels that will be released this week. Should help you decide what episodes you might want to spend the full time with as interview episodes and panels are typically one hour or more. In general, if you are running up against any challenges with Data Mesh, I'm here to help. I started a company around doing just that, working with lots of practitioners just to kind of get them into a better headspace and a better kind of operating model around Data Mesh. So please do get in touch if that sounds interesting. The episode summaries and programming notes for the week of April 30th, 2023. So recording this a bit in advance, but the introductions process that I've been working on that program should be in full swings by now. As I mentioned in the FAQ and the message that I've been sending out to people, this is a this is free until some aspect of it goes paid, but there should always be some aspect of free. I think I'm gonna have, you know, kind of start with People are able to request three introductions, and then kind of when it goes paid, there will still be an ability to request one free introduction from anybody every month. The roundtables will be the same. It looks like there will be likely one to two free roundtables a month, and then kind of two to three roundtables for clients a week um, that that are going to be client only. It kind of depends on the size of the client base when that gets going and things like that. But as I've said before, the options are going to be very affordable and even easier to actually purchase than pretty much anything out there, right? You just throw it on the credit card. But take advantage now if, if you, you know, take advantage now. And if you don't have the budget, uh, you know, you can get a lot of great information kind of at this point. So uh, what's on tap for this week? On Monday, we have episode 218 which is building the right data strategy. Why are we even doing this with Beth Bauer? She's a data strategy consultant and formerly leader in data strategy at a large pharma company. So Beth and I had a fun and wine-ranging chat about how to get your data strategy right and you know how to tie it to the, the business strategy, but then drive that down into actually how do you plan out your data work? How do you think about your data work in the short term, in the long term, in the medium term? And how do you start to work towards that long-term needs, but do incremental value delivery and just a lot of things? And, you know, yes, this all sounds ideal, but even if you've got all of your stuff prepared around your data strategy, you also have to prepare for challenges and changes along the way. So, like, how do you do that? How do you think about that? How do you communicate that? A lot of just really good kind of interesting background, useful background on, on how people are doing data work well. This is a great one to listen to if you're trying to balance kind of the the 40 plus spinning plates of being a data leader, especially in data mesh. Then on Friday, we have episode 219, which is Max Corner 22, increasing resilience of data processes through software best practices. So some takeaways from this are we need to be better about getting on the same page regarding some semantics in data mesh. Otherwise, it's hard to work together internally and across organizations to move the industry forward. She was specifically talking especially about 
the concept of a data product, we haven't been able to get the vendors to give us what we need because we kind of all went and had all these different ideas of what is a data product, which I know has been a challenge for a lot of folks out there. Another one would be there are so many things we've learned about how to break systems into smaller components and about preventing tight coupling, but the data world has yet to apply those learnings. We've learned so much on the operational, the services plane, but not on the data plane. As an example of the above, you know, early data contract approaches, Schmack believes are too tightly coupled around schema. We need to be a little less rigid there, but, you know, how feels to be determined. We don't really know exactly how to do that in data very well. Schmack talked about Postel's law, which is, quote, be conservative in what you do, be liberal in what you accept from others. Learn it and think about how to apply it to data so we create more resiliency across our internal data ecosystems. And then finally, resiliency at scale is possible on the operational plane. Why not the data plane? We need to be, what Jamak said, was very mindful and not naive around how we integrate in the data world to not make the same mistakes that we've made on the operational plane and kind of the same mistakes that we're making right now. So with that, let's go ahead to the extended summary for the interview with Beth. Extended summary for episode 218, Building the Right Data Strategy. Why are we even doing this? An interview with Beth Bauer. So in this episode, I interviewed Beth, who's the founder and CEO of her own consulting company, Pazaroy. FYI, there are a lot of nuggets in this one for people creating a data strategy and or trying to tie your data work to value creation. Beth started the conversation with a bit about her background and then got to kind of swinging a bit at current practices. She talked about the need to have high-level data strategy vision, but also be able to understand things in the weeds. Oftentimes, those details in the weeds are important to being able to actually execute. Just don't get lost in them, right? (laughs) Setting a flexible, evolvable strategy and vision is crucial in Beth's view. You need to have a vision of where you want to go before you can figure out what actions you want to take. And then you need to look at milestone goals and break down what needs to be done and when. Look to find incremental value delivery instead of putting all your value eggs in the basket that won't pay off until two or three years down the road. No one is willing to wait that long and needs will probably shift along the way. It's definitely okay to make long-term bets That will require work to deliver value years down the road, but focus on delivering value before that too. Priorities will change, and so will your understanding of what will deliver the best value. So set out what needs to be done and when, and do get going, but be ready to reprioritize as you learn, right? Really think about chunking down these big, big strategy initiatives And how can we deliver value quicker rather than trying to say, okay, when this is all built, that's when the value happens. That's what keeps happening, especially with platform work. Beth talked a little about the cost of collaboration. 
if that is loosely coupled collaboration, but not necessarily coordination on most to every step, great. But there is always a friction cost to closely controlled collaboration. Try to to avoid work that requires too many dependencies. Get aligned and work together towards a common vision. We, We really need to have trust that the other parties can and will deliver. If you need to be working that closely, do you really trust each other? I think this is an interesting nuance to really dig into and think about where you want to work together well, but you want to prevent having to depend on each other too much during the processes instead of you can go and do your work, I can do mine, and we can communicate well enough where we don't have to have really, really tight collaboration at the same point. Agile, with capital A, Agile, can be as much of a hindrance as it can be a help in best view in data. If it's about taking the bigger picture and constantly breaking it down into achievable pieces, great. But if the focus is on completing work instead of driving to bigger picture value, if the work doesn't have an extremely tangible connection to value, you get lost in the cogs of the machine. You need a strategy that can handle how the cogs work, but the cogs aren't the point of the machine. What are they actually driving? So within Agile, it gets really easy to to get tripped up in focusing on the wrong things and focusing on achievement of closing tickets and things like that instead of what actually matters, what are you trying to do? Trust is made up of three elements, according to an HBR article that's going to be linked in the show notes. And those three aspects are relationships, judgment, and consistency. Relationships are over 50% of trust, right? Beth believes data is essentially the judgment and the consistency, but to get people to use the data we have, the data we can provide, we need to build the relationships. You can't just show them the data. It doesn't even get them halfway to trusting that they can use it. So Scott note here, one comment I make is the difference between someone simply using the data and someone relying on data, right? Relying or depending on it. It seems like a small differentiation, but it's not. One is using the brick as an accent to the building, and one is building with the brick as a key element of structural support. So we have to get to trust, and that trust comes from relationships. We can't just focus on doing the data work. Beth pointed to how while the business folks don't need to know exactly how the sausage is made relative to data, they do need to understand more than just here's some data for you. It's about sharing the necessary context. If you want sausage analogies, what flavor are they? What are the ingredients? What is the shape as in patty versus link, right? They don't care about the data processing techniques, but they should care about and can gain value from how is the data transformed from a business perspective. And Scott note here, this is where I talk about sharing information versus sharing data, just the ones and zeros of data have no value without context, as Beth said. So embed the context, focus on sharing the context. Otherwise, it is just values in a more complicated spreadsheet. Creating data sourcing strategies at the micro and the macro level are quite important in best view. Don't overly rely on external data that's costly. What data do you already have internally that you should leverage? What data could you be generating internally that you aren't? 
dive into specifics and create a scalable way for lines of business to figure out good paths with sourcing data, internally and externally going forward. Make sure to look at things from a cross-domain lens too, and also think about privacy, regulatory, etc. For Beth, many organizations have trouble keeping the data work aligned to the business strategy. So there needs to be a specific focus on making the work matter, driving to business value. Yes, at the micro level, but also on the whole. What business objectives and business outcomes is the data work supporting? Getting you know down into the weeds can be very helpful. The details do matter as they make it fit for purpose. Scott, note here, Beth believes that you want to be more down in the weeds than I think is really necessary in a lot of aspects of data work, especially in data mesh, because we're trying to hand that off to the domains. But it's not that we kind of say, hey, here's the strategy around data work. We, we wave our magic wand and it's just a value. We do have to actually deliver in uh, good and useful ways. On business strategy and data, Beth echoed the view of many other guests, right? That, that creating a data strategy not aligned to the business strategy is just not a smart practice. But almost as egregious, in her view, is not using data to help power your business strategy. But this is extremely commonplace. Data is synthesized knowledge of what is going on in the world, often how the organization itself is interacting with that world. Why wouldn't you want to leverage it for shaping your your business strategy? That doesn't make any sense. In data, Beth has seen the benefit of MVPs, you know, minimum viable products, that methodology, and they are wonderful if used correctly. However, they are often not used correctly. Innovation doesn't have a steady timeline. It's messy. MVP timelines are tough, so focus on getting to something viable instead of hitting a deadline and communicate that to stakeholders. They have to understand that. MVPs are about making sure you are on the same page and then iterating to better from there. Beth talked about the need for continuously doing gap analysis with your data and business capabilities. The world is ever-changing and new challenges and needs will constantly come up. Plus, current capabilities can atrophy. You might be hindered in projects because you need some special capability, especially think like legal or regulatory compliance, and you should know that before you start doing the work, right? Think about what am I going to need to actually achieve what I want with this? Two key questions Beth uses when people ask for data or data work. One, what are you going to do with this? And two, how much value do you think this will generate? You don't need to get super specific, but people need to at least have a good idea of what the work will unlock and the value of that. If it won't cause any action, why do the work? If the costs outweigh the value, that should be known so you can work to balance that equation by cutting costs and or finding more value. For Beth, to do data right, we need shared responsibility. There is the technical piece, of course, but the business aspect is just important. She said, quote, we need to realize that nobody's anything without each other. We need to drive to address current gaps, and we need short, medium, and long-term strategies that drive necessary work in the short, medium, and long term. Don't get overly focused on the near or the long term. But it's not just about doing the data work, especially the technical data work. What value and change does this work actually drive? 
So kind of a long quote where, uh, you know, Beth made a couple of little corrections in there, but what she said was, and what I found is that largely a lot of organizations, the challenge is with really good data management comes really good transparency into how things work. And that really causes pushback on the power structures and particularly in the how it's always been done type power structures. Because if it now points to a way that things can be done better, you start to get into to things. Things are happening behind the scenes that have nothing to do with data and everything to do with people's perceived value of themselves to the organization without them thinking about how they can evolve to actually move from what they're doing today to doing it better. So kind of Scott note summing this up, it's crucial to help people see how they can move to doing more valuable things. Their time of toil is behind them and we can unleash the value creation. I think this is really important to saying like, if we're changing how we're doing things, we need people to really understand where their value is and that they're still valued to the organization going forward, especially right now in the economy with all these layoffs and things like that, that people really need that reassurance. So wrapping up on, on a, you know four quick tidbits. In data, there is often a rush to get things done instead of get to automation. It's often, but not always, the right call to slow down to do things right and set yourself up to do, do them faster, better, more scalably as you move forward. Lineage, especially for how data was generated and transformed from external sources, is really crucial to increasing trust in that data. There's a really, really deep potential thing to go down there, but I think it's it's helpful to understand that you can't just show the transformation lineage as if that's what's going to help people trust the data. You have to let them understand how, why was the data collected, you know, uh, data for the sake of data is useless. You know, Scott note there, preach, right? <laughs> and quote, the, the digital transformation to me is the biggest misnomer and misguidance that we've ever created. This is about semantics and it's that a transformation has an end. Your data work is a journey. It doesn't have that end. It's ever evolving. So we can use the word transformation, doesn't really matter, but that we can't think of it as the actual definition of a transformation. Hopefully that sounds like some awesome episodes for the week. As a reminder, feel free to get in touch if I might be useful in your data mesh journey. I'm helping quite a few organizations and introducing people to each other, plus doing some roundtables. I hope you have a great rest of your day and your week. Now on to that fun, funky little outro music. Mm -hmm.